This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hi guys, welcome back to the MVM show. I'm Titus, your host today, and uh, by overwhelming uh, responses to these episodes with Jim Moore, he is back today. Thank you, Jim, for being back on the show. I'm excited well, for the Titus. topic that we're going to have today. Um, I, I don't know that I doubt this very seriously. This will be the end either, but we will be uh, recording a couple here. So you guys that are listening on this one, just know there will be a part two of this one as well. And uh, before we get started, I just want to mention real quick, one of our uh, sponsors of this show is Motion Ducks. Real quickly, you guys know I mention all the time, uh, it's, it's like a jerk rig on on uh, steroids. It's We use it all the time. It seems like you can have wind all summer long. Come duck season, it gets stale and stagnant. Got to have motion in that spread. So you can go to motionducks.com forward slash MVM, which will give you a great deal already, a discounted deal on an ultimate spreader with the free anchor bag. If you put in the code mid valley, you'll get an additional 10% off. So I wanted to let you guys know about that before we get started. So well, let's get started. Uh, Jim, thank you for coming back on and thank you for opening so many eyes in these last several episodes we've had. Oh, you're welcome, Titus. Hey, on that Motion Ducks jerk rig, man, I was looking at that, and one thing that's really noticeable that's great about it, um, I'm going to be getting one myself, is it looks like it's tangle-free. You know, it's it's tangle-proof. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, all the jerk rigs and all these motion rigs that I've ever dealt with, I mean, it's like it's like a nightmare carrying these things mm -hmm. in in the dark, trying to rig them in the dark. They're tangled. That one looks foolproof, man. It I'm is. Definitely check it out. It actually makes it easy carrying too. If you want to go in light, you know, like I've said before, you can either fold it way up till it's only about, I don't know, twelve inches and compact yeah. like tent stakes, or you or not tent stakes, but tent supports, or yes. you can uh, keep them together, go in light, and sling it over your back. It's it's super slick. We use it all I the time. I saw that, man. That looks really inspiring yeah. <laughs> compared to what I've dealt with. Yeah, it is. So. It's, it's, so what do you got for us today? I'm kind of excited and curious to, I guess, so, Harrison spawned some, some thoughts in your head, huh? He did. So it was really cool because um, when you guys had done that overview of the last two podcasts, he had mentioned something that rang with me because so many people bring the same exact thing up. And I was just at the national sporting clay championships. I had my booth there and I had a young gentleman come up and talk to me about the same exact thing Harrison had talked about. And he had showed me pictures on his phone, um, comparing my choke with another choke at a certain distance. 
and explaining to me why he went with the other choke and not mine. And when I explained this to him, I gave him some chokes to go out and test not only on the paper, but I explained to him to test it on targets. And when that young man came back with big smiles, he really, he witnessed what I was talking about. And that's what brought me basically to this podcast with Harrison's mention, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's really cool. Um, So Harrison had mentioned that, you know, he compared my U3 to a different company's 20,000 modified choke. Mm -hmm. And that when he shot it, he felt that the brakes were not as hard with my U3 compared to this other competitor's choke. So he stopped using the Muller choke only after a hundred targets. Right. Mm -hmm. And basically that was because the other choke was sort of an apples to apples comparison to my U3, but the other choke broke targets harder. So because of that, he went with the other choke, right? Mm -hmm. So, so this assessment's common amongst the shooting community. Um, whether it be clays or feathers, it's a very false way of thinking, right? Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, it's something critically important to discuss for all the people that use a shotgun um, so they understand. And I, I want to teach you why this is so important to understand. Um, in order to do so, what I'd like to do is take you all down a road here. If you bear with me, I'm going to ask questions. But then when I'm, I'm going to ask the question and I'm going to answer the question myself, and when we get to the end, I'm going to ask you all to answer a question. Okay. And uh, after that, I'm sure you guys will have some questions that I can answer for you. Mm-hmm. So so basically, I'd like to start like, why do we use a shotgun to shoot at a moving target rather than a single projectile? The answer is because a shotgun offers us a margin of error due to the pattern size using a bunch of pellets because they offer us that large margin of error, correct? Correct. So why do we use a 12 gauge in main event competitions or where it really matters in a hunting scenario? Because a big bore 12 gauge gives us that largest possible pattern thanks to a large payload of pellets, correct? Mm -hmm. This large payload of pellets translates to the size of the pattern, correct? Yep. So... Is it true that the pellets are the only thing that actually break a target or kill a bird? Yes, it is, right? Mm -hmm. Is it proven that it takes an average of only three pellets to break a clay target and only three pellets in the head or neck of a bird to reliably kill it? Yes, we've proven that over time, right? Mm -hmm. So a good rule of thumb to go by is 70 to 100 pellets inside a 30-inch circle to give us this ratio consistently and predictability correct? Mm-hmm. So that brings us to ammo. In a one and one eighth ounce target load of lead number eight shot, there are 461 pellets. Referring to the above question that we only need 100 pellets maximum inside a 30 inch circle to reliably break a clay target or kill a bird, this means that we have 361 extra pellets that can be outside the 30 inch pattern and still reliably break a target or kill a bird. Does that make sense? Yeah. So here's the mind blow, right? Is it true that 100 pellets from a one and one eighth ounce load of number eight is only 21.69% of the entire payload of shot shell? Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. Because I did the math, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah. So this means that 78.31% of your shot shell remaining payload is extra that can be used outside the 30 inch pattern and is still capable of devastating a target or a bird. Hmm. So my question to y'all is this, when you pull a trigger on a target or a live bird, do you want to miss it or do you want to hit it? (laughs) Hit it. All right. So given these facts and they are facts. Okay. Why in the heck would you ever want to shoot a smaller than needed pattern when you have the capability to shoot with a much, much, much larger one, which is 100% directly translated 
to a larger margin of error, a higher hit to miss ratio and a lower cripple ratio. Right. Mm -hmm. The reason I bring this all up is because I have had many people over the years and even to this day on a weekly basis tell me that if the target does not break hard, they would rather miss it. Hmm. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like, really? And I have had people tell me this to my face. They're like, if I'm not hitting the target hard, I would rather just miss it clean. And I'm like, so what you're telling me is you would rather have a zero on your scorecard rather than an X. You would rather lose than win because you want to hit targets hard or kill a bird really hard. Mm-hmm. And they have actually, over the years, our minds and our ego have been corrupted so badly from like false marketing and false propaganda or listening to our buddies Mm -hmm. that we're convinced that we would rather go out, spend our hard earned money, our precious time, and we would rather lose a tournament or basically miss ducks during the hunt because we want to shoot a smaller or hence a tighter pattern than is needed. Mm. Yeah. So, so this is something that, you know, I want to try to clarify because this is actually where we are today with all this obsolete information that we've been listening to all this brainwashing, all the coaches, all the buddies, all the ammo manufacturers, all the choke companies. It's like, it's sort of like this ongoing false thing. And so that's why I wanted to bring this up and talk about it. Hmm. So, so does that all make sense? Yeah. And I kind of thought that's where you were going with that because, um, I, I, I think I've even said that statement, like uh, clean miss, clean kill. I mean, it's a little different on a bird than a target, I think, because nothing worse than wounding something, seeing it sell off. But I 100% see what you're saying. Like, yeah, that doesn't even, if you're going to destroy the margin of error, why would you not go that path? That's right. Why wouldn't we just all shoot four tens? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So, so bringing up the point that you just mentioned, a lot of people say that to me about, you know, hey, I want a clean kill. If I'm on a bird, I want to kill it. And if I'm off a little bit, I want to miss it clean. So I'm not wounding birds, mm-hmm. right? Well, this is the problem with with tight shooting chokes and also hot core shooting chokes that have a very um inadequate outer fringe pattern based on the fact that it shoots a hot core pattern. Mm-hmm. And we've brought up the fact that ported chokes and a lot of chokes out there on the market, they shoot a very hot core choke, meaning the inside 12 or 20 inches is where most of your pellets are mm-hmm. concentrated. Mm-hmm. But the bad part of that, Titus, is the outside fringe where we really need, because let's face it, we're not all like top master class shooters, right? Mm-hmm. We're not always centering the pattern on the duck, right? Right. What's happening is if we have a hot core pattern where most of our pellets are concentrated on the inside 12 or 20 inches and our outside fringe of our pattern is very sparse and inconsistent and unpredictable, we're more than not, we're hitting birds with that one or two scattered pellets on that outer fringe and we are crippling them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because we're not centering them with that 12 inches or that 20 inches. Mm-hmm. So this translates to like a large percentage of patterns out there that are creating these hot core patterns. So what happens is if you take a lot of ported chokes out there, or we'll just say a hot core pattern choke, right? I bring up ported chokes because those are predominantly the ones that are creating the hot core patterns. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then we go into people shooting a tighter choke than necessary. And the reason they're doing that is because they've had inefficient patterns so many years that they're not killing birds. Good. They're not hitting birds. Good. Yeah. So what they're doing is they're going tighter, 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 which is the opposite of what they should be doing. And they're going with the bigger pellets, which is the opposite of what they should be doing. And they're going with higher velocity, which is spreading those pellets apart even worse. Mm-hmm. And they're ending up with less hits, more cripples, and they're thinking it's the choke. It's it's that they're choosing the wrong thing, right? Mm-hmm. So 
if we were to go with a choke like a decoy choke, right, and we were to put the ammo through that decoy choke, we would be getting a much more even pattern. We'd be getting away from the hot core pattern. We'd be ending up with a larger margin of error, a higher hit to miss ratio, and a lower cripple ratio because even if we're on the outside fringe of that 30 or 34 or 36 inch pattern, we're still hitting the bird with a, with that 100 pellet 30 inch circle scenario, even though we're on the outside of the 30 inches. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because of what I just talked about, 70 something percent, right? Yeah. 78% of our pattern is extra outside the 30 inches, 78%. Yeah, that's crazy. So that means we could be way off of that center 30 inches and still devastate a bird or target mm -hmm. because we're shooting an efficient pattern with an efficient choke with the correct pellets, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Instead of shooting the incorrect pattern, the incorrect pellet size, the incorrect velocity, the incorrect pattern size of an inefficient pattern. So the reason that this is so important for people is because of what we're talking about, right? I could give a really direct relationship with this, right? Or scenario. In the last couple of years since TSS has come out, if you look at most turkey choke um, marketing of most choke companies, they are really sticking their chest out and waving their flag of superiority because their turkey choke can put 400 pellets plus inside a 10 inch circle at 40 or 50 yards. This is, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Like, why do you want to shoot a 10 inch circle at 50 yards at a turkey? We only need three pellets in the head and neck of a turkey to reliably kill it. Why do we want to put 400 pellets in it? Mm -hmm. It's marketing propaganda. It's just so they could sell you a choke and it's brainwashing you <laughs> in a false sense. Yeah. It's leading you. It's leading you down a path mm -hmm. that is not realistic. And and we're all falling for it. Well, and I think so many of us have, myself included. Why? What is that? Maybe you can explain. Why is it that we think that is so good? Because, right, if I go based off of emotions and I react off what you just said, 400 pellets on this turkey's head, I instantly gets me all all wound up and thinking, man, that's awesome. Why yeah. Why do we think that? Why? What makes us think we have to have that's so tight like that versus having something very full and more room for margin of error. Because we've been told for many, many years, I can't pinpoint how many years it could be 20. It could be 30, right? Mm -hmm. We've been told at least I know since the eighties. Okay. Cause the beginning of the eighties is when I started Turkey hunt. And this is when I started seeing the patterns, the marketing, the, all these ammo companies drawing circles on turkeys heads and talking about, you know, you have to put every pellet in the head or neck of a turkey because heaven forbid we ever found a pellet in a breast meat of a turkey. Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. right? So why is that? Every duck and every goose and every sandhill crane and every quail, every, every pheasant, every partridge, every purdies, every dove, every pigeon, every crow that we shoot, there's pellets in the body. Mm -hmm. So why is it that with a turkey, they have to, they forbid a pellet being in the meat. It has to be in the head or neck. Mm -hmm. That's why we don't do it. Mm. Okay. Does that even make sense? Like mm -hmm. who cares if there's a pellet or a couple pellets in the body of a turkey? It's a bird. Yeah. Just like every other bird we hunt and shoot. But because it's been like so ingrained with circles drawn on the head of a turkey or marketing or pictures or movies or videos of it being only in the head and neck of a turkey heaven forbid anything ever hits a, a breast bone or breast meat we've gotten into this whole mentality that we have to shoot a hard ball at a turkey's head whether it be 10 feet away or 100 yards away hmm. yeah and it's false 
It's yeah. false. Yeah. So that's why. And it's just through brainwashing of marketing, just trying to get you to, to buy this ammo because it shoots 10 inches at 50 yards or you shoot this choke at 50 yards because it's 10 inches. Yeah. You know what it translates to? So many turkey hunters missing the time of a lifetime because the turkey moved like yeah. this much when they pulled the trigger. Yeah. And all of the studies and all of the people I've talked to all over the country, sometimes all over the world, most turkeys are shot inside 25 yards. Mm. Yes. Some turkeys have been shot at 40 and 50 and 75, right? Right. But very few. And if you look at the ratio, it's probably 90% of turkeys have been shot inside 25 yards because that's what turkey hunting's about. We right. like to call them into the turkey. I mean, into the decoy. We like to see the turkey strut. We like to see them beat up the Jake. We like to see them mount the hen. We like to see all these things on video and, and just in our mind, right? And mm -hmm. seeing it happen. So these are things we're not going to see past 25 or 30 yards because we're not going to set our decoy out at 50 yards for a turkey. So why is it that we want these patterns? We don't. Yeah. But we no, it's, it's more eye opening. I mean, I can't tell you how many messages I've got. I, I bet you I've got email between emails, DMs, Facebook messages, text messages of people I know that have listened to it. I bet you I've got 35, 40. I mean, that's just people that respond and not everyone else, you know? Yes. All the people that have the ego and the, and the, they don't want to be embarrassed or say something wrong or be looked down by their buddies. Yeah. And that's a huge number, man. Yeah. But the thing is, we're all being handicapped by this mm -hmm. across the globe, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so it's important for people to like really take a look at this and um, just open their eyes up to reality versus false marketing. Yeah. You know? I've actually had people on Facebook. You could even find it probably if you typed it in. But, you know, a few months ago when I was marketing my limited edition green strut turkey chokes that I made. Mm -hmm. And I started talking about exactly what I'm saying now about the patterns being too tight. And why do you need 10 inches at 50 yards and blah, blah, blah. Right. I actually had people come on and like really beat me up and be like, who are you to tell me what I should be shooting at my turkey? And if I want to shoot 10 inches at 50 yards, I will do it. And who are you to tell me otherwise? I'm like, whoa, dude, I'm not trying to tell you. Like, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm trying to educate and help people. That's all. Yeah. Like, that's how bad it is. I'm mm -hmm. like, whoa, dude, I wasn't even talking to you personally. I was just posting something on my page to help yeah, people. Yeah, my page. And this guy, like, came out of nowhere, like, blah, like, whoa. <laughs> I'm not trying to beat you up, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, that, well, that, like you said, that shows how indoctrinated it is in in us is you get defensive over it 
like someone's yeah. trying to tell you. And that's the same thing. It's so bad, like that waterfowl. I mean, it's in a lot of other things, but I feel like waterfowl, it's like you talk about my dog, you talk about my gun or my ammo, mm-hmm. You those are fighting words right there. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We're going at it on the beach, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. And it, man, it's, and see, when something's so deep in you like that, it's really hard to let your mind, you have to be a really open minded person because you could still be strong in what you believe in, but you do. I always believed in, and I think I've gotten better over the years, especially dealing with uh, YouTube and dealing with people's comments. You know, stuff may at first rub you the wrong way, but like if you try to be a person that's not sensitive, which is, we live in a super sensitive culture, I believe. You know, and I don't know what's made it like that, but um, you just got to leave your mind open like, okay, let's let's play the devil's advocate here. Let's look at both deals here and let's reason together and let's think about what someone's saying. And, you know, everything you were saying, it was like, like you said, the first thing that I, when I talked to one of your guys, I don't know if it was Devin or who it was. Yeah, it was Devin. Yep. Yeah. He knows, he probably even told you, like, the first thing I said was, what's your tie? I want to go with your tie's choke. And he was like, why? <laughs> I said, because I want to nope. smash the birds. And he's like, yep. oh, you can do whatever you want. Like, he was super cool. He wasn't, like, trying to talk yep. me out of it. But that's when I started thinking, what's he talking about here? And that's when Will started turning, you know. Yeah, and I really taught Devin, you know, by talking to him and Lauren about all of this over the years. And they've heard it. They've seen it. I've shown them proof of it. They've seen my videos. They've talked to me for many years. So they've they've experienced it. So that's why Devin, Devin can do that. Devin's not a hunter, but Devin deals with me and he sees everything that happens yeah. and he deals with all the customers every day one-on-one. So he hears it, he sees it, he experienced it. So he tries to help people as I do because he's speaking through me you know, or I'm speaking through him, you know? Yeah. So it's really cool. And, you know, I always tell people, try to take the emotion out of it and look at it as a business deal, right? Because we get so trapped up in, in what we believe in, we don't see the other facts that we're blinded by, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You've got to really see it to experience it yourself. Listen, perception is our reality. Right. So, yeah, if we perceive something to be good, it's good. Mm -hmm. If we perceive something to be horrible, it's horrible. Right. And it doesn't matter what the fact is or the reality. It's our reality, what we perceive. So if we perceive that our pattern master choke truly shoots and gives us an 80 percent shorter shot string, then that's our fact. We believe it. Mm-hmm. When somebody disproves that through slow motion, high <laughs> definition videography mm-hmm. with a phantom camera that costs $300,000 and we see it against everything else and prove that it's the longest shot string. Well, sometimes we don't want to believe it. So right. we don't. So we deny it and we say, no, that's not reality. I've killed everything with that choke, <laughs> and it's the best there is. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because that's how you perceive it. Right. And it's okay. It's okay if that's what you want to remain um, to use or, or remain in, in that philosophy. Mm-hmm. But please understand that it's been proven to be false. It's not reality. You know, that's all. Yeah. So, so we need to be open or not open. We need to choose. Do we want to be open to greatness or do we want to be mediocre? Yeah. And to be honest with you, most people do not like change. And when we don't like change, we're stuck in mediocrity because we don't yep. want to excel. We don't want to be at the top. And the reason that everybody in corporate world always tells you there's a reason there's a lot of room at the top. Well, here's the thing. It's this is what I think of a good illustration is if for people that play golf or have tried golf. It's like you play golf for a long time, you play for 20 years, and then you get a new instructor and you're saying, hey, I want to hit the ball straight. And I don't want to have that little bit of a hair, bit of a, a fade or a draw or whatever. I want to just hit it straight down the pipe. And he tells you, you got to change your grip, you know, 
what's going to happen is it's going to mess you up for a little bit and you don't want to do it because you're like, well, I'm not that bad. I, I, I do good. I, I still hit the fairway. I may be on the right side or the left side. I don't not down the middle, but I don't want to make that big of an adjustment for this little bit of a fix. And it's like this with the shooting. It's like, oh, I kill ducks, like you said, and I shoot <clears throat> 40. My my accuracy is 45 percent. But I've been telling people and been out, talking with conversations outside of this podcast. It's like I, I don't know, like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. But my thought is if OK, that's great. That's great you shoot 45%. But why if you could shoot 48%, even though that's only a 3% difference, why would you not want to do that? That's what I don't yeah. understand. And yes, it's such a small percentage, which I think it would be more than that if we're referring over to the chokes. But it's like people, I guess you just get comfortable. And pe- like you said, people don't want to change, but then, they're, then they'll just settle for mediocrity. And I think yes. another part of it is, Jim, is that – and I know this, I'll speak for myself too, is you don't know who to trust and trust is a big factor. So you've been lied to, like you said, now everybody's thinking, I I wonder how many people's heads messed up right now from these, these podcasts, because you've not, and not in a bad way necessarily, but you've trusted things for so long and they've all said the exact same thing. And here you got, here you have this guy saying this, you know, that you haven't tested, haven't proven. Maybe there's not a lot of content out there to prove what you're saying, which I know there is. It's just when people aren't looking for it, they won't find it. There's going to be more. There is, exactly. On your end and mine, I'm going to be doing things yes. too. But now, <clears throat> like you said, no. when I made that video, which I know I'm not the only guy, and you've done tons of stuff, uh, so is Joel Strickland. He's a good friend of mine, a fellow Mountain Dew drinker. <laughs> yes, and He's sir. come on the podcast, but... Uh, that when people have seen that video, I think some of the people that listened and watched this before that video came out of me actually doing it with my gun were like, eh. And then when they seen that, they're like, okay, I'm convinced. I can't argue that anymore. Yep. You know? Yes. And that's not even, and I haven't even put my hunt videos out yet. I've got five hunts that I have not even started releasing. Um, not all of them are with my 20 gauge, but most of them will be like, I hardly ever shoot my 12, it seems like anymore. I mean, I love my A5. And I do want to get your choke, uh, your uh, decoy and your passing choke for that one, too. I just, it, they were sold out when I looked. They might be stock now, but. It's They're just, almost there. Okay. Well, yeah. <clears throat> um, so I'm going to do that, too, and I'll be doing a whole different video for that. But um, I got to send you some videos. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you a little clip of me shooting some birds between uh, 10 yards up to every bit of 40. Um, very, yeah. very impressive in the hunt scenario, not just on paper, because people always yeah. say, oh, that's just on paper. What's it do in the hunt? And I agree. That's right. I agree. I want to see what it does on the hunt, too. And that's uh, all that matters. Exactly. Yep. So, you know, like like that's a great point you bring up. And we could talk about this for days, literally. But through and I think I've mentioned this and I don't want to beat a beat a dead horse and take up people's time <laughs> re-listening to things. But but it's worth saying again. Paper is two-dimensional. It doesn't die. You cannot see shot string. Mm -hmm. You cannot see shot-to-shot deviation unless you do things really properly, which people don't. And there's things that you will never see on paper that you will see factual out on live birds or clays. Mm -hmm. And I'll just give you one really quick example. I, over the years... I've patterned well over 12,000 rounds on paper, mud, water, live birds, clay targets, high-speed photography. I've done it. Okay. Gelatin tests, all that ballistic gelatin tests. Every ammo, every choke on the market through almost every single gun on the market. I've done it. Uh And I can tell you there have been many, many times, more times than not, that I see a pattern on paper that looks pretty crappy. It's got holes in it. It's not as dense as I think it should be for what the constriction is. And then I have one that looks picture perfect inside that 30 inch circle. And I'm like, man, this thing is going to be incredible. Mm -hmm. I take them out. I put a decoy in the water or I actually in a, I'm in a hunting scenario with a cripple on the water at 30, 35 yards Mm -hmm. I take that pattern that looks like crap and I shoot the bird and it's an explosion in the water. 
the bird is dead. And I'm like, holy crap, that was amazing. Yeah. Then I take the one that looked amazing on paper. I do the same exact test and there's pellets all around the bird. Like you threw them by hand and the bird's sitting there looking at you. Hmm. So I determined many years ago that shooting paper was a waste of time. Now, I know you can't tell people that because it's really one of the only things they can do, right? Yeah. Well, I've got to shoot paper to see what I'm going to get. Mm -hmm. You don't know what you're going to get. Okay. The only thing paper teaches you is point of impact. Same thing with a grease board on a steel plate. It only shows you point of impact. Right. Okay. You could do it on, like I taught you, you could do it on a bench. You could do it on mm -hmm. a lead sled. You could do it standing. You could do it standing, mounting the gun and pointing and shooting. You could do it all different ways. You could start on the left and swing through the dot and pull a trigger and see how good your timing is. Yeah. But pattern efficiency is not seen on paper. And you cannot tell me that when you shoot a five thousandths, a twenty thousandths, a thirty thousandths, a fifty thousandths out of your gun with this ammo on paper at 40 yards or 22 yards or 60 yards is going to translate to what it is out there on the live live bird or clay target because I've proven it will not. Mm -hmm. And it's passionate because people will constantly like call us and be like, hey man, I'm going to return this choke because it patterns the same as my 20,000s modified that I've been shooting for years. Mm -hmm. Well, how did you pattern it? Well, at 22 yards, I put it on paper and it was the same exact thing I've got with my other choke. No, dude, you can't shoot a 20,000 choke at 20 yards and expect it to look any different than anything else because it hasn't fully developed yet. Yes. <clears throat> on top of that, it's on paper. <laughs> so, so I always tell people, pattern the choke at the distance it's intended to be used at. We would not shoot a cylinder choke at 60 yards, so don't pattern it at 60 yards. We would not ultimately be planning to use a full choke at 20 yards, so don't pattern a full choke mm -hmm. at 20 yards. You know, and and people don't understand this because I had a guy from Mexico buy six chokes from me in National Sporting Clay Championships the other day. He bought U1s, U2s, U3s, U4s. He went out on a patterning plate and patterned them all at 20 yards and came up to me and asked me why they all look the same. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, dude, take them and pattern the zero at 20, the one at 25 or 30, the two at 40, the three at 50 and the U4 past 50 and then come back and let me know what you think. He came back with a big smile, shaking his head like I never understood that. I had no idea. Hmm. He then saw that they were all very different. Mm -hmm. so anyway well but i can't be yeah let me let me jump in there um let me ask you this can we have a pretty decent conversation about a developed pattern and, and the do you think we could save that on the next one like talk more in depth about that we can is that yes. something that's worth talking about like i mean it's not yes. gonna be a two-minute conversation right yeah it's it's very important and there is quite a bit involved because not only can you talk about chokes and thousands of an inch in geometry and exit diameter, but then you got to get into bore diameter, the shotguns, the velocity, of the ammo, the payload, the pellet size, the material, the wad, the powder, the primer, okay. the crimp on the hull, six point, eight point, how deep the crimp is, how shallow the crimp is, how it's crowned, how it's radius. I mean, <laughs> dude, it's endless. Ballistics are endless. Yeah. If you talk to Brandon Sarecki at Boss, he would enlighten you with that stuff because he knows that stuff more than anybody huh. because he's done that testing. I learned it on my own because I did my reloading. Yeah. I did my testing. I learned this many years ago because I did what he did and what he's doing. I mean, we both coincide with information because we're on the same, same uh, plane. Right. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty funny to listen to him talk and listen to me talk because you get to hear what I said 10 years ago. It's the same thing that he's saying now. Mm -hmm. It's because we're seeing the same thing and we're spewing the same thing because people don't know it, you know? So mm -hmm. anyway, it's, it's just really interesting to me when you find a pioneer and a leader of the industry 
our information coincides. Yeah. But the information we have and that we're teaching doesn't coincide with anything else that's in the market because nobody else spews it. Yeah. Nobody else teaches it because they either don't know, they're blind to it, they want to be blind to it, they don't want people knowing the truth, or they truly just don't know. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, after talking to all the choke manufacturers, the presidents of the companies, the inventors, they don't know. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. I agree. I think that's what it is. And you got you got people that aren't passionate about like you or, or whoever. It, you got people that are doing a job to get paid to pay for their bills, right? It's that's it's a, no it's no passion for them. A lot, a lot of them, I don't even think hunt. You know what I mean? Like they don't even, they're not even in the field. Not that it's wrong. Not that you can't work in that industry if you don't hunt. But what I'm saying is it's just a job for them to pay their bills. That's it. You know, I'm not going to say names, but years ago, I don't know if this is still true. I believe it may be, but years ago, this is factual. One of the top choke manufacturers in the world their lead machinist and top number one man Mm -hmm. was a volunteer fireman. Mm -hmm. Okay. Truth. I mean, these are the things that people don't know in the industry, you know, I mean, you're, you're having companies make products and these same people are the ones that are marketing the products at times. They don't shoot, they don't hunt, They don't understand ballistics. They've never tested it in different guns. They just go in and make a choke tube. You screw it in a gun and you shoot it. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, we'll go buy another one because Mm -hmm. they have no warranty to back it up. So we end up being stuck with inferior products. And that's Mm -hmm. why I'm so passionate because I'm one of you. I'm a hunter. I'm a competitor. I've dealt with this personally. I've been ripped off. I've been, I've been pushed away. I've been given horrible customer service. I haven't been able to get in touch with people at times. I've had bulged barrels. I've had chokes blown out of the barrel. I've had major issues Mm -hmm. and guess what? Nobody's there to help me. So that's why I'm passionate about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's not like you just started this up last night. You've been doing it for a long time, and what you do, you know, the competitive side of it, you've been doing it for a long time. I mean, there's just there's just not. And here's the thing, like you said, you're not telling nobody they have to do it. The question is, nope. do you want to be better, do better? That's it. If you do, I if you, want, I want to help people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, um. Man, I don't know where to go from here because I know we're kind of hitting our close to our mark for this episode. Um, yeah. I don't know, if we dive into something else, it might be going way over what I want to. But uh, do you have something that you could close this off? I think I'll just actually end this one and then restart for the next one, unlike I did okay. last time. Yeah, so so what I really want people to take away from this is, you know, don't think that you need to smoke a target for it to be good. Mm-hmm. because all you're doing is hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. If you look at a lot of the pro shooters on the top of sporting clays alone, never mind trap skeet international skeet international trap ZZ mm-hmm. bird. If you look at the top pros that are all shooting tight chokes, the reason they shoot tight chokes or, or tight shooting patterns is because they make their money and they make them up on the far hard targets. Right. Okay. The reason is because they have a tremendous amount <clears throat> of skill they can hit the targets that are close with a hardball or softball size pattern. Mm-hmm. But here's the truth. If you look at the targets that they do miss, they only miss a few, maybe only a couple. But if you look at the ones they missed, it's usually the close ones they missed that were a knuckleball in their face that they lost the tournament on. Mm-hmm. And why? Because they refused to change the choke for the close targets. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. 
Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Because, yes, they're shooting a very small pattern, very little margin of error inside 25 yards. Mm. Why? Because they can, right? But guess what? When they miss, those are the ones they're missing. Why? Because they had no pattern efficiency. So instead of changing to an open choke on the close targets and using that tight choke for the far targets and shooting 100 straight or 99, they're settling for a 97 because of that tight choke. And that's top professional world champions. So us, the hunters that are out there sitting on the beach shooting at a crossing eider at 25 yards, and we put the pattern right on them, and the pellets are spread out two feet apart, and it looks <laughs> like you threw the pellets at the bird, mm-hmm. and the eider keeps going. Why? Because you're shooting the wrong choke or the wrong ammo or a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Or vice versa, you're shooting a choke that is inefficient because it's too tight and you're shooting a softball at the bird and you're constantly missing them or hitting them with a pellet or two outside the pattern because it's inefficient and you're crippling them and you don't even know it. So, so this is why it's important to understand pattern size. A large pattern can be very efficient. You just need to understand that it has to be an even pattern so there's a lot of pellets in the outer fringe hitting the bird, which translates to that 70 or 100 pellets in a 30-inch circle. It doesn't matter where that 30-inch circle is. That 30-inch circle could be in the center of this 30 inches. But what about out here at the outside 30 inches? You should possibly have another 18 or 24 usable inches outside the 30 inches that still has that same ratio. Mm. You don't have to put all your pellets inside a 20 inch circle and miss things all your life. Yeah. You know, open yeah. up the open up your world, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so that's that's what is important to understand. I sit on the beach with people or in the blind with people, and I see them shooting at birds that are flying over the water, or I see them shooting at a cripple, and I see them either shooting a a softball at something and missing it every single shot when they would have killed it if they had the decoy choke in. Or I see them shooting too tight of a choke and blowing their pattern where the pellets are all over the water and not hitting the bird. Or I just see them using the wrong ammo, Mm -hmm. you know, but in all these different scenarios, they could be 75% higher hit to miss ratio, 80, 90% higher hit to miss ratio. And their cripple ratio would be almost null, almost zero. Huh. And if they do cripple sudden and it comes up, they'll kill it with one shot, not shoot it at five, five or 10 times, and then have to go chase it with right. the boat because it never died. Yeah. And then by the time they get the boat and get out there, they can't find the bird because it dove and disappeared yeah. 200 yards away. That's, yeah. yeah, that's bogus. That should never happen. No. And, and with my chokes, it doesn't. And it's not because it looks good or bad on paper. It's because of what it does out there with efficiency. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so important for people to stop shooting it at the paper. Take my word for it. Enjoy the the money back guarantee that I offer for you. That's no risk. Take the choke and go hunt with it and see what it does. Mm -hmm. And immediately you're going to see the benefits, the rewards you're going to see the hit to miss ratio go up. You're going to see the cripple ratio go down. Yeah. It's going to be a huge benefit to you. And listen to us. When we tell you that you need a decoy choke because you're hunting wood ducks inside 25 yards, don't buy a UFO. <laughs> listen, listen to us. We know. Mm-hmm. So that that's what I want takeaway to be. Okay. Trust me. Yeah. That's yeah. why I offer you a money back guarantee. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. You can't, you can't beat that. I mean, like, you know, someone was saying, I'll just end it here. Someone was saying, uh, where it was act. I think, let me, let me go to it real quick. Actually, let me throw this in there with that as far as trust goes and people saying about price. I don't know. Like I kind of find it funny how the things some people complain about, but let me go to this comment real quick. It's going to, I'll put you on the spot, but you've dealt with a lot worse. I'm sure. Oh yeah. But let me read something about a guy talking about the price. He said uh, he just watched that video. I don't even know if he listens to this podcast, but he said 135 for a choke seems a bit outrageous. And then to add insult to injury, 
pow, Tim41 just shipped a little thing to you. Mind-blowing. I mean, I don't have a clue who this guy is, you know, but I just think yeah. it's funny. It's like, I, you know, yeah, take it or leave it. I mean, it's no one's forcing you to do it. Just it's common. So he, he's, real, he's really a good guy. I actually reached out to him, and he's actually bought my choke, I believe, <laughs> oh, already. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so I understand, like, that's yes, funny. 130, 135 bucks for a choke sounds outrageous, right? Mm -hmm. Well, let's understand that there's titanium target chokes out there that are more than that, that are horrible with no warranty whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And you cannot shoot steel shot through it or TSS. It's a, it's a lead target load right. choke, right? So what I'm, what I need people to understand is the reason that I charge what I do for my choke is sort of like the same thing boss said about their hoodie, right? They got complaints that it was expensive. Well, it's USA made. Brandon came on, explained how much it costs him to make it. He's got like, you know, literally zero profit in it when he sells it. It's a marketing thing for people to wear apparel, right? So with my choke, all of the materials USA mill spec, mm -hmm. it's all it's all milled in the USA. It's all machined in Connecticut. Okay. It's all done in New England. So I machine the chokes hmm. in one single chucking, not to bore people with this, but it's really important. No, yeah, let's hear it. So as far as I'm aware, every single choke manufacturer out there, they slug their material, let's say four inches long. They put it in the main spindle. They drill it. They turn the head OD. Maybe they bore the exit diameter. Then they come and they transfer it over to a sub spindle over here. And then they come in and they machine the rest of it. Well, the problem is when you transfer over to a sub spindle, that choke could be running out of square or eccentric. And you never know because it's in the machine being machined. Hmm. So when you do the secondary operations on the other end in a sub spindle, you don't know if it's out of square, out of concentric, out of cylindric, uh, cylindricity. You don't know what you're dealing with. So what happens is the end user, us, gets a choke that may not be square, may not be concentric, may not be cylindrical. And what that translates to is wrong point of impact, inconsistent patterns, high shot to shot deviation, big carbon buildup from blow by, more plastic buildup, okay? These are all the things that happen with that. The reason choke companies do that is because it's much cheaper, much easier, much faster for them to make the choke. So what they do is they slug it, they send it to heat treat and get it preheat treated to H1125 or H1025, which changes it from condition A, which is annealed condition, which is a nightmare to machine, which is the way I machine them. It makes the molecular structure in the choke or in the material, very nice to machine, which gives you long tool life, gives you better surface finishes. And when you're done machining it, you give it to the customer. It's finished. Hmm. Okay. So ease of machining, cheaper to machine, longer tool life, less expensive coolant being used, faster cycle times, overall cheaper to make. Okay. What I do is I machine my, my chokes from a 12 foot bar, solid bar stock that goes into a 12 foot bar feeder. It extends out of the main spindle, let's say four inches. I come in and I rough face it. I rough turn all the diameters, leaving material on them. I then drill it four and a half inches deep. Then I come in with a boring bar that bores the taper multiple passes then bores the straight out multiple passes. Now it's roughed out on the inside and outside. Then I come in and I finish face, finish turn all the diameters. I finish thread the choke tube. Then I come in with a long anti-vibe boring bar and I take multiple passes on a taper and straight until it's perfectly finished to size and finish. Then I cut the choke off and the part is finished. You could then take that choke tube, put it in your gun and shoot it. But then what I do is I take it and I send it to heat treating and we heat treat it to H900 condition, which is the hardest you could make 17.4 pH stainless steel. And we harden it to 46 Rockwell hardness. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then after heat treat, it goes to Cerakote where they sandblast them. 
Cerakote them. Then after Cerakote, it goes to laser engraving where they set it up and they do all the artwork and do all the laser engraving on it. The laser engraving goes through the Cerakote into the stainless steel so it never wears off or can never fade. Then because the chokes are Cerakoted and also because it's high chromium, high nickel 17.4 at H900 condition, it's literally almost rust proof in salt water. Mm. So we get corrosion resistance at an extremely high level. We get the tightest tolerances in the industry, which is less than a half a thousandth of an inch, which is five ten thousandths of an inch TIR, which is total indicator reading on all geometries, roundness, straightness, concentricity, cylindricity, um, everything you can imagine. The surface finish is very accurate and consistent choke to choke, if you were to take a profilometer and run the diamond over the surface finish, you would get a very consistent surface finish for every single choke based on how it's made for that gun. Some guns will have different surface finishes on the taper or the parallel section based on how that gun shoots the best with all ammo with the lowest shot shot deviation. I did that on purpose. Some will have an eight micro finish. Some will have a 16. Some will have a 63, some will have a 125. The reason that these surface finishes vary is because that's what that gun liked the best. Mm. Okay. So this is, these are the things that I've done and created. And this is the reason that my chokes cost what they do. On top of that, you are getting the best warranty in the industry mm -hmm. with the 60 day money back guarantee and the lifetime replacement warranty. Even if you damage it by accident because of your carelessness, I will give you a new one. Hmm. Nobody in the world does that. L.L. Hmm. Bean doesn't even do that anymore. <laughs> so best warranty in the industry, risk-free, guaranteed to be the best. That comes with a price, man. Yep. That's the reason why Ferraris cost what they do and smart cars cost what they do. You need to decide what you want to be. Yeah. With all the hundreds of thousands of dollars we spend on duck boats, trailer, right. the truck to pull it, the decoys, the ammo, the guns, the gear, <laughs> the apparel. I mean, the duck calls. I mean, may I go on and on. Right. And, and, we're all, and we're all spinning that for one reason. That's right. To shoot to the, duck, the duck. So why not invest in a small deal to do that? That's right, because yeah. the choke is one of the most important things because it's the yeah. last thing that touches your shock column, hence the pellets. And the pellets, again, like we said in the beginning of this podcast, the pellet is what kills the bird yeah. or the clay target. So why are we going to be cheap about the thing that does the last touching of it, sending it that way? Right. I mean, it's preposterous to even think that way. Yeah. Oh, gee, I don't want to spend 135 bucks. Right. I don't want to spend $10 priority mail shipping. Okay. I'd rather go spend $55 on an inferior choke. That's going to swage the threads into my barrel when I shoot steel through it because it's not approved for steel shot. Right. And then I've got to send it to a gunsmith. So they charge me $200 to machine it out of my barrel. <laughs> and when they machine it out of my barrel, they went too deep, scrapped the threads in my barrel. And now I got to buy a new barrel for my gun. Because I wanted to be cheap about a choke. Yeah. Oh, and one last thing. My chokes are the only choke in the world that has no ammunition limits. You could mm. take my UFO, which couples as my turkey choke, shoot steel ball bearings, double up buck and slugs through it. Never mind steel BB, triple B. You could shoot anything you want through my chokes. And that's also covered by the warranty, never to give you an issue. Wow. That's so awesome. That's why, that's why they're 135 bucks, yeah. man. It's it's not that bad though. <laughs> like no. I said, there's so much other things I've spent thousands more than that. I, that's the yeah. least of my concerns. But <clears throat> you yep. know, I'm not trying to downgrade anybody what they say on spending their money. It's their money, so whatever. But I mean, anyways, listen, some people some people are really tight on a budget. And I get yeah, that they yeah. don't they can't see spend that much money, and I get it. But it, that mean, same I, person could be saying no. that. But then I'm not saying this guy is. But the same person could be saying that that just spent, you know, uh, bought a forty thousand dollar duck boat. It's kind of like okay, <laughs> exactly, you know, let's, exactly. But, I mean, we've got to put things in perspective. Yeah, yeah. You know? So well, thanks. Uh, we're gonna, <clears throat> guys. We're gonna have a part two of this. 
Um, we're going to talk about a lot more things in the next episode. And thank you, Jim, for coming on again and sharing with us your knowledge. I'm excited for the next episode as well, as I have been on all these. Um, you guys stay tuned and um, check out his website. Check out, if you haven't heard the other episodes, you got to go back, which I'm assuming most have. Those things have been spread like wild uh, fire for sure. A lot of people have seen those. A lot of people have talked about them. So go check them out. And we'll have some good conversation on the next one. Stay tuned. Thank you, Titus. We're excited to score,